It's time to hit the road because we're off on a joyride. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Off Screen, your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Offscreen. Always great to have your company. And actually, a little bit of an announcement. This is my penultimate offscreen, <laughs> isn't it, Van? <laughs> your penultimate. Because I, 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 I love that I, I learned of this. Oh, I learned of this mere moments ago. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm devastated. I know. I'm, I'm, I am. We knew it was coming. We just, it's, it's, our timeline's been snapped up. But, uh, alas, it it, I'll, be sad to, I'll be sad to see you go. I'm, I'm going to start, like, getting statues of all my previous, like, offscreen hosts. And that's going to be my memento that I keep. There's just one, one of, of Dave and Case and then you. <laughs> And it'll just be my, my band of like pop figures. I'm going to make my own pop figures of, of former presenters of, of off screen. But uh, we, we, you get to go out on a good week, though, next week. We'll, we'll not spoil that one for you. We'll give you the preview at the end of the episode, as always. But, Bex, you get to go out on a high, I believe, don't you? I do indeed. I do indeed. I'm very much looking forward to it. So, but this week, you know what? In terms of, I wouldn't say going out on a high, but actually just. Being on a high whilst in a car with either family or randomers that you might happen to meet is kind of the running theme of our two movies this week that we are talking about that are on the big screen. Um, they are Joyride and Hit the Road. We're going to start with Joyride, which is out on uh, today. It's rated 15. It stars Olivia Coleman. Um, and I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, she played, well, there is a young boy who basically steals from his father a wadge of money which was meant for a hospice that his father <laughs> had originally stolen and jumps in a taxi to steal that taxi to only to find a baby in the back and a sleeping Olivia Coleman. And they embark on a bit of a road trip together, a bit of soul searching for both of them as they try and find out what they can do to kind of get beyond where they eventually find themselves. Bonnie, you need to come back now. <laughs> I need that money. Money! Who are you? We've a plane to catch. You're going to come with me and help look after the baby. In return, I won't press charges. How is she there? She's fine. Well, how do you know if you won't check? Because she's giving me a little thumbs up. We'll play question for question, but you have to tell the truth. You can't be asked to fight, would you? What's the baby's name? Robin. My name's Joy. I know, false advertising. Olivia Coleman on just fine Olivia Coleman uh, form there. And so I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I enjoyed this as well, Bex. Like, I'm, I'm with you, I enjoyed this. It, having said that, you, you know within about 90 seconds, bit for bit, what this movie is going to be like what it's every plot movement and, and detail is going to going to consist of um, and i think it's all just really being held together by these really charming performances like we say we're celebrating olivia coleman who's just like charming enough to to, to keep any, any anything together no matter how flimsy and like you say you get something very cliche but it's given a lot of heart and like you said uh, the, the young boy's name is what do you say it was charlie reed charlie reed yeah, he plays Mully. And actually, really interesting. I remember reading a while back, a few months ago, about how he's actually a complete unknown and mm. was just discovered um, for this for this movie. And he absolutely steals the show in it. I think he's got all the, the 
well-rounded characteristics. He's, he's charming. He's wise beyond his years because the scenario which he finds himself, he has to be. He's got the right kind of tete-a-tete against Olivia Coleman, which I think is yeah. great. And together it makes this weird like buddy cop movie kind of thing feel to it, doesn't well, it? Well, Hello, Miss it, Sun- it- Hello, Hello, Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, there is something of that little Miss Sunshine kind of thing. But there is also as well, like it is that juxtaposition, that balance. It's his tweenage sass versus her sort of childish curmudgeon side, I guess. And it's how those two mm. play against each other. And they do so well in them, like I say, that it elevates the material. The material itself is so nuts and bolts. And it has some great deadpan Irish humour going for it. But I don't think anyone's seeing this for you know narrative value. I think this is something you're going for the experience no. and the charm more than anything else, I would say. Yeah, 100%. But what I would say, it was interesting. I think I read two conflicting Guardian reviews of this. One gave it two stars and one gave it five. <laughs> and you kind of go, it's going to be quite subjective to, to who's watching it. You might kind of think it's just boring as anything it's just you know this kind of road trip movie that doesn't really go anywhere or you're going to find it incredibly charming because of the performances i would swing towards the latter for this and i think it is a thoroughly charming movie completely predictable but actually it's such an easy watch at an hour and a half as well that why not Mm. go and just have some fun with it olivia coleman always brilliant yeah, and also, also it's, it's nice that Olivia Colman does give us these reminders every now and again that not everything she stars in has to be, like, nominated for Best Picture and, like, a three-hour drama. So, you know, nice that she gives us those reminders. She's doing a Marvel thing next, so we've got that to look forward to. Yeah. But uh, worlds apart from that, then, is our next road trip of the week. Um, Hit the Road, uh, written and directed by uh, Panar Panahi, um, who is uh, something of a familiar name, a new name, but there's something of a familiarity to him. And uh, so this is effectively a family road trip story. This is an Iranian uh, drama in which a, a family are introduced to us on a road trip across the desert. And o- over the course of the, the, the ensuing, so I think it's 93 minutes on the nose, something like that, uh, 93 minutes, uh, we start to discover why this family are mysteriously driving across this desert. Why it's mum, dad, older brother behind the wheel, younger brother playing in the back of the car. Why they're making this particular jaunt. Why the older brother seems to be preparing himself for effectively being disappeared, strangely enough. And also, how this upcoming change in their dynamic exposes the cracks in their pre-existing relationships like the dynamics that this family have fallen fallen into over the you know the, the, their lifetime together how they're all dysfunctional in their own little way and how this upcoming change of circumstance brings all of those issues to the surface it's largely in farsi because you asked me what language that this was in mm. uh before before we came on mic i think it is in farsi um uh, Panar Panahi is making his debut here, and I believe Panar Panahi is, is the younger brother of Jafar Panahi, uh, writer-director of uh, things like Taxi Tehran, and who this week, it was revealed, had actually been sort of secretly arrested and detained 
in Iran uh, for charges going back, I think, nearly 10 years um, as for, for his work, you know, in cinema as a political activist. And it's been a it's been a, a, a case that's gotten a lot of people in uproar uh, this past week and, and opens up questions about human rights in Iran. You know, no new subject there. Um, so this is the Younger Brothers' uh, first film debuting at, at, at this this of all times, and it's to be honest with you, it's quite a compelling drama. I thought there was enough yeah. to the mystery of just what is the crack here. Like I couldn't quite figure it out as quickly as I would like to. I, I would like to have said that I got it earlier than I did, but once you're there, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. Yes, yes, it's one of those. It's quite mm. a compelling character drama. The, there is a cheeky side. There is a funny side to it as well, I thought, as well. How did you get on with this? Yeah, I, did, I, I have to agree. This, this, this lives and dies by the family dynamic, right, and how mm. that works together, because essentially that's all you're watching is the same four people, I think it is, in the car, all throughout this movie. Um, I think I think all of them are brilliant. You've kind of got that sort of voice of reason of the mum. You've got quite a playful dad whose leg is broken. Um, you've got quite a quiet son who's quite serious. And then you've got the youngest son who is an absolute loud mouth, nightmare, mm. really annoying, but very funny little uh, child. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Sarlacc is great. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant in it. And for me, it, it really is one of those movies that if you can, uh, they do hit you with that family dynamic in the first couple mm. of minutes of this film. You get kind of get it. There's a whole sort of shuffling around about a mobile phone and things at the beginning in the car. And you kind of go, what is going on here? Mm. But with that, it sets the tone and then you kind of go, I can watch this family throughout the rest of those 93 minutes. And that's what is key to this movie. And it's funny you said that about Little Little Sunshine in relation to Joyride, because I actually thought this had more in common, I thought, with Little Miss Sunshine. And particularly, mm. it, it, it's it's very flat tone, I thought, as well. I thought kind of yeah. would. So I would, I would describe, and I say as well, the kind of audience that are going to enjoy this on its opening weekend and Art House Cinema would probably be the kind of people that did enjoy Little Miss Sunshine on its theatrical run in yeah. 2006 as well, yeah. definitely. So that's a pair, know, of, a, pair uh, of, a pair of road trips for you this week then. Um, sorry, Max, you were saying, go on, I'll cut you off. No, 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 I was just going to apologise. I was sort of semi-saying, hello, Miss Sunshine, and I was getting that confused with <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, and that's where I was like, it's Little Miss Hello Sunshine. I don't know, but you get what I meant. It was Little I, Miss Sunshine that we were comparing this to. <laughs> I do indeed, but last road trips all around some in iran some in ireland but eh, time behind the wheel for the week let's come back with some picks on freeview Welcome back to Off Screen. Now, as promised, we took you on the ride of the big screen and now it's time to move on to the small screen. So everything that is available for freeview from you on your seven day guide and it's all great movies. And we're kicking off with what Van would describe as the best blooming Mission Impossible out there. It's Mission Impossible Fallout. It is on 9 p.m. Um, tonight on film four. I actually haven't seen this, but this is the one with Henry Cavill, you tell me. <laughs> this is Henry Cavill with a stash, cocking his forearms as he beats a dude across <laughs> a men's room. This is such an awesome movie. I love Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I, I, it's up for debate whether or not it's actually the best one, but it's such a great movie. It's one of those movies that reminds you that every other action franchise out there nowadays is chasing the tail of this one, and nobody wants to admit that. Um, but this is I say this is the one with Henry Cavill. Uh, this is the one with uh, Vanessa Kirby joining the cast as well. And this is the one that 
calls into question Ethan Hunt's loyalties, but also starts to pry under the surface of just what it is that everyone's favourite super spy really cares about. It's got the, the great uh, the Halo jump sequence, I think they filmed for this one, in which Tom Cruise did the Halo jump into uh, to like, Berlin at night. It's just awesome. And it kicks off a week that's largely action-based on Freeview this week. I mean, I know mm. you and I, you and I love a 90s-style actioner, so this worked out in our favor. But we're just, you know, just, just putting it out there. We we did not choose these intentionally, like specifically for our own interest. It's, it's the best of a bad bunch, you know, sometimes. Yes. So, um, yeah. on that note, though, we would have picked this one either way. Saturday night, we'll have a clip for this one. 11 o'clock on ITV4. It is the 25th anniversary of this absolute genre gem this year, this summer, this month, in fact. It is, of course, Nicolas Cage as Cameron Poe in Con Air. 25 years. Where did those go? Oh, I don't know. It makes me feel really old thinking about that. Um, you know, I've got I've got these very vivid flashbacks to me watching this movie in my parents' house. You know, far too young as per usual, but that was the nineties. And yep. yeah, it's it's an amazing movie, and it still holds up to this day. So you know, why not enjoy it uh, and exactly. watch it again and again? Exactly, a big old, a big old-fashioned Hollywood all-star cast coming together for an ensemble actioner in which you effectively get a prisoner uprising on a transport plane. But of course, there's the one good guy prisoner among the bunch, played by Nicolas Cage, and this, of course, gives us one of the great moments in all of cinema. I underline all, all of cinema. Put the bunny back in the box. Here's the United States Parole Commission that... Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Put the bunny back in the box. I knew you was a punk. And I was right. You been playing us all along. You a free man. I said, put the bunny back in the box. There we go, a bit of con air for you there. Um, we're gonna move from the airwaves to, I said the airwaves, that would be us. From the space airwaves waves? to the skies, to the space. Yeah, it's gonna be one, from us to the sky, to beyond. Mm. So Star Trek Into Darkness is on Sunday night, 10.30 p.m. on Channel 4. Um, this one, this is obviously, this is the reboot. This is kind of the new, uh, this was the uh, this was know, the Benedict Cumberbatch. Love. Yeah, this was the Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch one. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did enjoy this. I remember. Haven't seen it since, but when it we watched it at the screener when it came out um, in cinema, you know, in the cinema, and so I just remember him being really sinister. I think it's is it is it in that first like few scenes we see him. Uh, is he all, is he is a mysterious character. Like, with, if, you, if you don't know the movie, I'm not going to spoil yeah. it for you because it was a whole thing at the time. It was a mystery, uh, like who Benedict mm. Cumberbatch was actually playing. He is a mysterious man named John Harrison who wages a d- d- declares a one man war on Starfleet, and it's very post 9/11, very war on terror kind of stuff in the Star Trek universe yeah. uh, with Cumberbatch, and also and and he never got the credit for this. Peter Weller 
as well robocop himself who just kicks so much ass in this um i think he's really underrated it gets a lot of a kicking for its third act but i think it works in contact uh star trek into darkness 10 30 uh sunday night um here's what i don't know if you've seen this version because even if you've seen the the movie you may not have seen this version back um did you see apocalypse now Final cut because it's on Monday night, BBC Two, eleven fifteen. You didn't see. This. Have you ever seen Apocalypse Now? I have many, many, many moons mm. ago. Love the smell of napalm in the morning. It's <laughs> you know, it's a classic. You know what? There was. I remember. Was there another cut that came out a few years ago where I remember seeing the the posters on the tube? not so long ago so they must have done a director's cut or something i think what may have happened is you may have seen it on theatrical when i did as well which was in the early 2000s when they did apocalypse now redux edition and it was about 2001 to 2002 thereabouts i think and then mm. that got put onto dvd i think that became the de facto version for a long time and then this because i actually went mm. back and saw this and you know what? apocalypse now in any form is still awesome um if you've never seen it definitely check it out if you've not seen it a long long time go back and revisit it it's the text that keeps on giving every time you go back you take something new from it if you can watch it while under the influence all the better for it just see it as it was intended (laughs) obviously (laughs) is one thing i got absolutely plastered once before a screening of apocalypse now and i can only say that added to the experience because if you can get yourself actually nauseatingly drunk to where the room is spinning that is probably the optimum condition under which to watch uh, apocalypse now particularly the the uh, the the opening sequence um but on to uh, tuesday nights and uh, we'll talk about lads oh. movies Shaun of the dead on this is going to be coming up to our uh. soon we're what two years off the 20th anniversary of this one uh 9 p.m tuesday no night way. on itv4 yes it's going to be we're 18 years on from the release of this such a seminal work isn't it Shaun of the dead just kickstarts the Cornetto trilogy. It's just one of those, you know, it's it's one of those movies that I think so many people who went to uni at the same time as us used it as such a cultural reference. And, you know, we even had like a pub. Um, we made a fake Good pub Winchester. in our garden where we just invited. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we called it the Winchester. It was hilarious. And, you know, it's just so many quotable lines from this. Fantastic um, performances from Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost. And what a way to parody, you know, the the original Dawn of the Dead movies. So, um, yeah, it it is just brilliant. It will still make you laugh. It shows how brilliant British comedy really can be. And if you were a fan of space as well, fantastic to see some of those cast members Mm. crop up in this. Um, 9pm ITV4. I think we've got a clip for this as well, just to give you guys an extra little bit of a treat. We have, because I think this is about as close as you can get to finding like a proper audio example of that wonderful editing that you get in these early, ed- in fact, in all Edgar Wright movies. So here it is, the great Romzomcom itself. Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? Take on, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! It is vital that you stay in your homes, make no attempt to reach loved ones, and avoid all physical contact with the assailants. You believe everything you hear on TV? I love this movie so much. I, I introduced Miriam to it uh, this past year, and right, as, as an American who's just obsessed with all things British, 
right up her alley. She loved this. Um, I, I, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those. I just think it's an absolutely banging movie. It just really holds up. Uh, on then to uh, Wednesday night, a five star. And of course, the trailer came out this past weekend because of Comic Con. First uh, teaser trailer came out for John Wick Chapter 4. I don't believe it has a, sub, a ridiculous subtitle yet, but I'm sure it shall. Um, so you can see, in the meanwhile, though, John Wick Chapter 2 on five star on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Which, you know, if you've seen the first one, the first one is a very basic concept. You know, it's one of those, it's like taken. It's You can't really go wrong with that as a concept. It's pretty accessible. Um, if you want to get into the later sequels, you need to jumpstart on the mythology. You need to get in on this action from this point. And I will admit, I think this is the weakest one of the three movies so far, but because it is the most myth, sort of mythology heavy. But I know that there are people who are really into that. And even I can't deny the action scenes in this one. I mean, in all John Wick movies, they're awesome anyway. But in this one, oh my God, so good. Just that opening sequence when yeah. you're getting his car back. Oh man. Just the, the guy can fight a car, literally. Anyway, beside the point, uh, moving on to uh, one to round off the week. A 90s classic that I know you whooped, cheered, and wept at in 1998, in the summer of 98, Bex. Um, I, I, oh, you were yes. looking, I'm sure. You would have been about, what, 15, 14, 15, I think, when this came out? Oh, Armageddon. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Armageddon, 9 p.m. on ITV4 yeah. on Thursday night. Take, oh, you got to love Armageddon, right? I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> it's like, you know, the soundtrack, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Bruce Willis, mm. you know, everything about this is so, symbolizes like how great 90s action movies were. You know, we had yeah. like Independence Day, we have Armageddon. These are ones that we remember and... You know, these are the movies that we'll kind of continue to watch and, and again, that will still hold up. And I think if you want to sit down and, and kick off your Thursday night uh, with this, you won't be disappointed. And that's what I love about it. And of course, it's an interesting sort of, you know, memoriam of a, of a very specific time in, in sort of film, fill the film industry history as well, because Armageddon follows on the back of Titanic in that sort of brief period mm. in which Hollywood really hoped that it could go back to doing old school epics. Like they thought, oh, Titanic's been a hit. Yes. Okay. And now we've got that for the winter. Okay. What's for the next summer? Armageddon. Oh, that's doing the same kind of weepy action thing. Cool. Awesome. People are loving that as well. Okay, what we got next? And then the following summer, we, we had the sort of big three of The Mummy, Star Wars, and... Oh, God, what was the other one? There's, uh, there's the Scott Mendelssohn trilogy, The Mummy, Star Wars, and one of the Lord of the Rings, isn't that maybe, that completely changes the trajectory of the industry and it takes away all that thunder before Pearl Harbor can try and scoop the gold and it all goes wrong. But Armageddon <laughs> so is just terribly wrong. dirty dozen <laughs> in space. It's brilliant. It? it has Thursday night on ITV4. That's how you finish a week. Welcome back to Off Screen. So to fi- to round off this week's podcast, we have, as ever, all of those DVD, Blu-rays and streaming uh, offerings for you. And we're kicking off with, wow, a dog that you are all very much familiar with, but in a different take as it has been in different iterations over the years. Mm. Uh, available on Prime Video as of today, we've got Scoob. I had to just check this with you, Van. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And you were like, it's it's Scooby-Doo. It's just that was released a couple of years ago. So yeah. he's back, right? Scooby and Shaggy are the, back. Yeah, this was intended to be one. Uh, I think this got derailed by the pandemic, and then I think it got shunted around, kind of went to streaming, kind of didn't. He's now going on to Prime Video. And he's attempted to be a re- an animated reboot of the Hannah 
Hanna-Barbera verse, but through the using the, uh, the the Scooby-Doo element of the universe as its sort of access point. So they do bring up other ca- uh, characters in there, like Dastardly and Muttley, for instance, who come up in there. Um, it's, oh, nice. It also fixates on a younger incarnation and the origins of the Scooby gang, which I don't know why we keep seeing to do that. Um, I This didn't quite hit the sweet spot for me, but to be honest, there's only really the James Gunn uh, Scooby-Doo ones that have, and I love Scooby-Doo. I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan. This skews quite young, but at the same time, it's quite convoluted and all about the cinematic universe building. So I would say if you've got young kids, give it a try, particularly if you've got kids around the sort of five to eight sort of range, maybe you could, you could sit this on. We put we we would put this on for the boys. You know, they're they're, they're sort of you know, mm. they're five and eight, so we'd probably get away with putting this on for both of them. Uh, but that's on Prime from today. Join me, Scooby Doo, and I will show you how to harness your destiny and become the most important dog in the world. No thanks, dastardly. Oh please, my friends call me Dick. Okay. Rick? No, I'm not a Rick. I'm a dick with a D. Rick with a D. Duh, 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 dick. Well, 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 Rick. Uh, one that's on Amazon Prime uh, from today and could not be more different to Scoob is uh, an adaptation of uh, of uh, Irvin Welsh's Filth starring James McAvoy. I love uh, it. Do you- yeah, I thought you might like this one. This I is pretty this out there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, it is so bonkers because I read the book many, many years ago. Very hard to follow, as you can imagine. It's all in than Welsh Scottish books, really, and, man. And it's, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just so brilliantly done. It's so. Um, I'm trying to think of the lady who plays Bunny in it. Um, She's just oh God, she's such a brilliant me. actress, and she's, I know exactly who you mean. I as well, know, right? She stars in the, she stars you know in the Descent. I mean. She stars in the Descent. I think. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is McAvoy as is he a bipolar or is he a, bi- a bipolar police officer who has two personalities, yeah. one and they start to bleed together as he is basically running his corrupt little patch in is it Glasgow specifically because that's part of the story I think I think it is I think it is and you know what for anyone if anyone can portray split personalities on screen it's James McAvoy you can do 27 of other them, movies as well yeah exactly split is uh, is a good is a good reference point for that this is you know I don't know why I think it's almost because it's so vulgar and garish to a point that it couldn't quite hit the heights of say what train spotting did but if you enjoy that kind of look and feel of a movie, this kind of still gives you that that vibe. And I was I was really excited when it came onto the big screen and and to see it again. And I would watch it again. It's brilliant. I, I same. I actually do revisit this about once a year. Uh, two final things to stick on the end of that. Uh, first of all, it's it's a it's a great and much more animated film. I think tonally than Toy mm. Story was. Uh, also, great supporting cast in this, which includes people like John uh, Jim Broadbent, Jamie Bell, I think as well. Uh, Jamie Bell turns up as a young. Spotting you mean not Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story, Train Spotting. Oh my God! Sorry, other <laughs> 1995 T movie. Very Oof. different. Oof. Very. <laughs> Do you know what it is? You know what it is? It's because we've got Lightyear coming up. We've got Lightyear's coming up in the list, and that's what it is. Sorry, right. my bad. There's no connection between Urban Welsh wow. and Toy Story. Good Lord. Let's move on then and talk about the in no way problematic 500 Days of Summer, which also comes to Prime uh, from today, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh. and uh, Zoe Deschanel, I think. Zoe Deschanel. 
don't tell me this is problematic. I love this movie. I I don't I, I don't want to hear a bad word about it. I know it is probably it's probably for our, it wouldn't work in today's generation watching it. But actually, Gen when it did Z come out, have it given caused, this a kicking. Oh, to be fair, God, what have they said? I'm so annoyed. Look, look, do you know what? BuzzFeed exists. There's there's loads of glamour articles and things like that. You go and read for yourself. You know, you can other outlets are available. Let's let's talk about something that has in no way aged well. But uh, actually, when you get to its soundtrack, it is actually probably about as problematic now. Uh, Space Jam, uh, which comes to Netflix on Monday uh, the 1st. And uh, no, apparently you can't use an R. Kelly clip. Uh, but uh, here's some Michael Jordan. Look, I want to help, but I haven't played basketball in a long time. My timing's all off. Yeah, we'll fix your timing. Look at our facilities. We've got hoops. We got weights. We've got balls. Whoa! You do. This place is a mess. Mess? You're worried about a little mess? There's nothing here a little spitshine wouldn't fix. Spitshine! Spitshine! <laughs> Hasn't aged well, but still is better than the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, at least it's better I than mean, the sequel. you got to give it yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's available at Netflix on Monday. What's coming up also on Monday on Netflix is the Spider-Man trilogy. So, Van, mm. I'll leave this one to you because this is right up your street. So you're getting three for one. Three and one. In you this got one, right? yeah. You're getting you're getting the Raimi trilogy, the the OG Tobey Maguire trilogy, and the first two of these are just all time Stone Cold classics, like should be spoken of in the same breath as you know Richard Donner's Superman. You know these are genre defining game changers. These are masterpieces of superhero cinema, and that's before you really start getting into the 2000, you know, more deeply into the the two thousands and the MCU and the Christopher Nolan. Uh, stuff. It's uh, it, they are just absolutely wonderful movies. The first two, um, I, 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 I would rather set myself on fire than sit through the third one again. I hated it with a fiery passion, um, and, and thanks to uh, one of my uh, my soon-to-be stepchildren, I have had to revisit it recently. So thanks for that. But uh, you know what? I can take uh, take solace in the fact that uh, come Monday, the same day that you can watch that awful movie on streaming, um, you can also pick up on DVD and Blu-ray a copy of the wonderful. Paul Verhoeven film Benedetta. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Uh, did we get to review this one together? How could I forget? Yeah, how could I forget yeah. Benedetta? <laughs> I mean, how could you forget it's the Benedetta? Bonkers Nun movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the Bonkers Nun movie with that seventies appeal. <laughs> it's it's really crazy, but enjoyable and totally watchable. And I would definitely implore you to to go and listen back to our full review on it on one of our mm. previous podcasts that we've it's done because that will give you the length and breadth of this. Yeah, kind of like was like Paul Verhoeven does Suspiria, kind of a thing, really, isn't it? But, but Paul Verhoeven does his grand black narcissus, kind of uh, kind of nun yeah. epic. Um, I thought it really worked. If anyone's going to do that kind of insanity, well, let it be Paul Verhoeven. Oh man, the stuff in there that yeah. I just I was I remember it- watching it, just thinking, God damn, only Paul Verhoeven could do this. Welcome back, Paul. We missed you. 
I love that man. And it's Charlotte Rampling, isn't it? That's in it. Is it Charlotte? Rampling? She she is in. I think she's the mother superior, yeah. isn't she? I think she's the mother superior. Yeah. But uh, alas, one that's coming to streaming next week. And this is going to round off the week. Comes to streaming on Wednesday on Disney Plus, and I'm heartbroken that this is the fate that has befallen it so quickly. I loved this. It got the absolute life beaten out of it on theatrical unfairly. It's my favourite movie of the year so far. It's uh, Lightyear. It's Pixar's Lightyear. The origin. The sort mm. of it's the movie within the movie. So within the Toy Story universe, this is the movie that Andy watched that he got the action figure for that we've then been following the, the adventures of. So this is effectively an in-Pixar universe, Flash Gordon, and their version of Buzz Lightyear, the original version, their actor was, it turns out, Chris Evans, as you can hear here. Buzz Lightyear mission log, Stardate 3901. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. You were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to the... I know that. Narrating helps me focus. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be, Commander Hawthorne. This is exciting. A new adventure. I'm going to grant you four minutes to be off planet, but then you come right back to us. To infinity. And beyond. It might have been... Um you know, all of the press that Tim Allen was getting about why he wasn't voice cast in this that kind of helped sort of yeah. seal the fate of it theatrically. But I'm really, do you know what? I know you're sad that this is its fate, but for me, I'm actually really excited because it just means that I can access this on Disney Plus and I can go and sit down and thoroughly enjoy it. So, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's it a nice really way to round off the week. Yeah, absolute yeah. blast! Just, just you're gonna you're gonna have such a great time watching this. I, I I just listening to that trailer, thinking, oh man, I need to revisit this like really quickly. I loved that. In fact, that's what I'm gonna do on the flight back uh, this weekend. But um, upon my return to the UK, you and I next week for your final week, uh, Miss Perfect, uh, we have quite the lineup. Mm. And I mean, if you're gonna, you you've do. got a week to go out on. This is this is gonna be a good one. So first up. We're going to board the bullet train with Brad Pitt and Aaron oh, yes. Taylor Johnson. And it's, it, uh, uh, Joey King, I think, is in there as, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Maisie is next week. Documentary about, I think, about Britain's oldest drag queen. We've got Ron Howard's 13 Lives next week, which is the, uh, this is the dramatization about the rescue of the soccer team from the cave in Thailand. Um, it's, it's, it's been adapted for the screen. It stars Joel Edgerton, Colin Farrell, and Viggo Mortensen. And all I want to know is, is there going to be a scene in which Elon Musk shows up and starts calling people a pedo? Like, because I really want to know if that's going to make the movie. But more important than any of that next week, of course, more important than all of that is the return of the Predator. And this time, oof. We are go we're going Native American. It's Prey next week. I can't wait. Really? Because you're not showing it very well. You're just <laughs> kind of keeping you cool about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just desperate. It's like Dan Schrachtenberg, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, I'm really excited. I think, you know, if you've seen any of the press around mm. Bullet Train, it looks fab, a great kind of action movie. I love the idea of learning about the UK's oldest drag queen. That's right up my street. I can't wait to watch that documentary. And yeah, who doesn't love a little bit of Predator? So we're going to bring you all of that and I will... 
bow out gracefully from off screen next week. Um, but I really look, look forward to kind of talking that through with you all. So join us then. But until um, until then, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. <laughs> <laughs>